Welcome to Ashland New Plays Festival Play for Keeps podcast. Audio performances of new plays available on demand. Enjoy the show. Southbridge by Reginald Edmund. Characters. Christopher C. Davis, Stranger, Black male, 23 years old. Read by Chris Butler. Nadia Davis, Black female, mid-20s. Read by Kimberly Monks. Edwin C. Berry, Black male, 30s. Read by Cedric Lamar. Lucinda Lucky, white female, mid-50s. Read by Annie Paul. Sheriff Timothy Ward, white male, early 50s. Read by James Ryan. Stage Directions. Read by Tyrika L.A. Setting. The fall months of 1881. The township of Athens, Ohio. Prologue. A singular red light pierces through the darkness of the stage, revealing a black man named Christopher standing atop a tree stump. In distinct whispers, he stands, half naked, arms outstretched. He hums a mournful, pain-filled song softly to himself, as if in heartbroken mourning. Do you know what it means to truly love? Love so much that it'll swallow you whole, choke you till you can't breathe. I don't think you do. I know I didn't until I learned what it meant. He begins humming the same haunting tune again as the lights dim, swallowing him into the darkness. Act 1. Book of Recollection. In the lonely darkness, angry voices can be heard. A jail cell. Two figures stand opposite each other. There is a feeling of cold distance and isolation. Christopher paces back and forth, singing nervously. Sheriff Ward enters unnoticed. Somewhere in the Garden of Eden, a tree stands twisted. Somewhere in the Garden of Eden, a tree stands twisted. A tree stands twisted. Yeah, bravo, boy. Bravo. What's going on outside? What's all that noise out there? You gotta at least tell me what I'm even in here for. I ain't even done nothing. It's cold as hell outside. I think this might be the worst November storm we'll ever get yet. It's stop pacing and calm down. Why don't you have a seat for me? What you arrest me for? Sit down. You got no cause to arrest me. Well, you sit, damn it! Thank you. You thirsty? Coffee? Milk, perhaps? I'd offer you some of this. Ward pulls out a flask. But you don't drink, do you? Just tell me what all this commotion out there is about. It's about you. I haven't done anything. Mind if I sit? Nice waistcoat. Where'd you get it? Can you hear that? That is the sound of a mob gathering. You got the town folks here all sorts of worked up. You are in serious trouble, Christopher. Should have taken my offer. None of this would be happening if you did. That mob is going to be banging on this door soon. They want to string you up. I've been told I'm expected to hand you over. This ain't right. I didn't do anything. I know me and you haven't always seen eye to eye, but I don't even know what I'm doing here, Sheriff. Where to start? Christopher Davis, 22 years of age. <whistles> Bail for freedom set at $300. 
arrested and imprisoned for committing violence and outrage upon the person of Lucinda Lucky. Widow Lucky? I didn't attack that woman. I wouldn't do that. Now, you know it's a miracle she's alive? Now listen to me, and listen to me real good. I don't want to see you hanging from some tree. If you're innocent, I want to help you. In my opinion, mob justice ain't no justice at all. I just want what's right. What's right and proper. Christopher looks at Sheriff Ward for a long time. What? Why are you looking at me like that? Just see you for who you really are, sir. I want you to convince me of your innocence, sir. Confess that you attacked Widow Lucky. Now, I'm not certain you did it, but if you're guilty, I want you to take this paper and put your name next to it and say you did the crime. I want you to do the right thing. I want her to solve, Sheriff. I just want to know what happened. Somehow I don't believe you. It's simple, Christopher. Real simple. It's an election year, boy. I don't want anything to dirty my name. Your death on my watch is... Well, it doesn't serve my interests. Edwin Barry appears. Yes, my friend, the time to strike is now. That mob outside gave me an hour. All right, remember what I told you now. So how about you start talking? Allow me to do all the talking, all right? I happen to have a gift when it comes to dealing with her type. Her type? Yes, white people. White people? I got an understanding of them. The way they think, I speak Caucasian. It's like French or Yiddish. It's like a second language to me. I think that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard you tell me. Now, I know it might sound hard to believe. However, you have your gift and I got mine. So pay attention now. You might learn something. Stand up straight and look presentable. What if this doesn't work? Oh, I'm going to get that signature. I'm going to get that signature one way or the other. Remember, stick to the plan. You work for that lady. You get close to that lady. You gain that lady's trust. Use some of your charm to talk up the hotel a bit. Then, when the time is right, you allow me to slide in and have her sign the loan. Tread gently, though. Since her husband died, she's become a rather mean-spirited woman. Tenacious with her questionings. Got a bite worse than any dog I've ever encountered. I still don't see why I have to be the one to do this. She's not exactly partial to my company. Oh, what a pleasant surprise. Morning, Edwin. May I help you? Oh, what a pleasant morning it is, isn't it, Mrs. Lucky? It is. How's that pretty wife of yours? Martha? Oh, she's at a luncheon at Wilberforce. Good morning to you, ma'am. Morning. I recalled that you had come by my restaurant just a few days ago saying you were in need of some assistance to tend your land. Well, recently, my dear good friend here, Mr. Davis, found himself in the need of employment. Me being the good Christian that I am, as you know, I decided I should perhaps come by and introduce you to in hopes that you might be able to arrange a suitable business transaction favorable to both y'all's needs. I see. You do need someone to work your land, don't you, ma'am? You have experience? Oh, he has plenty of experience. A plethora of experiences, to say the least. This man right here has plenty of admirable traits. Certainly a man of highest character. Well, Edwin, you're known in this valley for, how shall I put it, being the slickest snake in the garden. However, I'm certain the young man can speak for himself. I got enough. How old are you? I'm 22. About to be 23, ma'am. You're nothing but a babe. I got good hands and a strong back. 
I'm just asking for work. I'll pay $10 for a good month's worth of labor. Mrs. If you make it twelve and fifty cents, what? what? Twelve fifty. You got yourself a deal. That's steep. I'm looking at your property. No offense, ma'am, but you need more than just that field work. I'm not going any higher than ten fifty. For twelve even, I'll fix that door of yours. Shouldn't be off his hinges like that. I'm only going that low because you look like a good, kind woman. Why do you say that? Eyes don't lie to me. Never have. So what you say? Excuse me, Mrs. Lucky. <laughs> I need to speak with this young gentleman for a moment. Of course. God gave you common sense, boy. Where is it? You can't talk to no white woman that way. This woman just offered you ten fifty. That's more money than you'd see down in the coal mines, laying bricks, or any other job you can put your hands on. Christopher, be reasonable and work with this woman. That's exactly what we're doing, Edwin. Well. Do we have ourselves a deal, ma'am? Who do you think I am, a Rockefeller? I'm not going any higher than eleven dollars. Now, ma'am, a minute ago you said you weren't going any higher than ten fifty. Looks like you need shingles to that roof up there fixed too. I'll fix whatever else needs fixing. Eleven fifty, ma'am, and I'm all yours. Just be careful, Edwin. We got trouble here. Believe me, I know. Young man, maybe you forgot, but you came to me. Work. That is quite a brilliant observation. Perhaps you should put that into consideration. I am, Mister Barry. Now you're right, Missus Lucky. I did knock on your door, but looking at all the work you need done over here, I, I could go elsewhere. It's your choice. What's your name again? It's Christopher Davis. She asked me, Edmund. Everybody called me Stranger, though. You say your name is Stranger? Yes, ma'am. I see. Some people say that you signed your soul to the devil, and he left his mark on you. That true? What else you hear? That everyone you come near meets tragedy. That you see things, visions. There's talk I hear that you're responsible for that baby dying like it did. Put a conjure on it. Now that's one lie that I can stop right there. She's just telling you what she's heard. You believe everything you hear? But no. Let's get something clear. I ain't sold away my soul to nobody. First and foremost, I believe in God, Mrs. Lucky. Now, whether he sees me or not is another story. Second, I wouldn't hurt a soul, ma'am. And thirdly, third, it's just third. Thank you. And third, as far as what people around here wishes and chooses to say about me, I let people say what they want to say, and believe what they want to believe. Now, that being said, what do you believe? I prefer to find out for myself. I got that choice, don't I? You do indeed, ma'am. Why do you look at me like that? I'm sorry, ma'am. Meant no harm by it. Well, no doubt. I'm certain people mention me as well. Just like you, I prefer to find out for myself. So, do I got myself a job, ma'am? Well, then that depends, stranger. First, don't call me ma'am. Makes me feel old. And second, on whether you are going to take eleven dollars even. Your choice. So, what's it going to be, stranger? He crosses to the jail cell. Look, just because Lucinda said my name, Lucinda, just because Widow Lucky said my name, that doesn't give you evidence to arrest me on. I'm telling you, I ain't done nothing. Ward shows him a hatchet and places it on the ground in front of him. You've been accused of breaking into her house at midnight with this right here. 
Where'd you get that? So it's yours, I take it. I ain't saying that. Ward places the hatchet on the table. From what we've gathered, you beat her, strangled her to the floor, and had your way with her. Then you took this here hatchet and struck her. Struck her without mercy, over and over again. Lights up on Nadia, busy at work in the kitchen. A basket is in her hand. She's humming softly to herself as she places items into it. I wouldn't do that. So this hatchet don't belong to you. Answer me. Sheriff Ward to Christopher's house. I'm going to ask you one more time. Yes or no, Miss Nadia? Have you seen your husband today? Sir, when are you going to start calling me by my married name? Because it's been three months now, Sheriff. So I'm just curious. Yes or no? Let's start by you saying, good afternoon, Nadia. That would be the polite way to come over and question me. Good afternoon, Nadia. Afternoon, Sheriff. Isn't it a lovely day? Now, what could bring you around to bless my presence? Child, quit with the theatrics. Just answer my question, will you? That husband of yours around. He's off with Mr. Barry somewhere, sir. Barry, huh? Yes, sir. I don't trust that man as far as I can throw him. Yes, sir. You hear what your husband did to the Jenkins newborn? My husband keeps no secrets from me. Really? Yes, sir. Well, I'm curious. Did he tell you he walked up to the Jenkins door, knocked, and his Mrs. Jenkins goes and answers it? Supposedly, he puts his hands on her and curses that baby. I'm sure that he was only trying to help. Yeah, help, huh? Seems to me he destroys everything he touches. But wonder if you knew this. Three days after he went over there, that baby born dead. Umbilical cord wrapped around its throat. This morning, to be exact. Oh, he didn't tell you that, did he? I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, tell that to the Jenkins family. Raising up a storm, talking about conjures being put on them. I don't need this kind of mess in my town, you hear me? Clear as Jesus when he did the Sermon on the Mount. Now, Nadia, I'm going to need you to do me a favor. I'm hearing he's walking around with a hatchet in his belt. I don't know nothing about some hatchet. That little brawl outside the Putnams. Now these curses, among other things. That boy got folks around town nervous. That's the last thing I need to add to my headache about him alongside that let-me-look-into-your-eyes mess. People are going to start to think. He's out to cause trouble. I'm curious, Sheriff. The town folks thinking he's out to cause trouble because he can see things others can't because he's supposedly carrying around a hatchet. Or is it simply because he's a colored? This is a progressive town. Is that why the McHenrys and the Winfields and the Harrisons are all talking about moving away? Is that why colors are scared to walk the streets at night? Progressive town. Tell that to poor little Sammy boy. His folks found him with his eye knocked out behind the train depot. You punish those wealthy college gents who did it. You even look for them, Sheriff? I'm just telling you, purely out of genuine concern for you. I'm a grown woman. Nadia. I'm concerned about you, child. I have the right to be concerned. That's all. How long have I known you, huh? Since you were about knee-high, so small I could hold you in one hand. Remember? Right. Didn't I always come by and I treat you and your mama good? Check up on you every now and then? Make sure nobody come around and bother you and your family? When you had nothing in that house, who fed you, child? Who did your mother come to so she could pay for you to get proper schooling only to watch you squander it? 
Didn't I do all those things, or did you forget? I remember, sir. Just like then, I'm simply looking out for you. Well, I appreciate it, Sheriff. I'm serious. You come from a good family, child. A good, decent Christian family, and sometime... Honestly, Nadia, I don't know what you see in that man. I see it clear as day. That boy you married to is headed for destruction. I just don't want to see you tangled in it with him. And I don't need no special gift of sight to see that. Sheriff, Stranger is a good man. A kind man. He's just misunderstood is all, and I don't like you coming over to my house talking bad about my husband, sir. Ward moves towards Nadia, takes her hand into his. Look at you. I forget how much you remind me of your mother. Nadia removes the sheriff's hand. My mother is dead, sheriff. Yes, I know. You tell that husband of yours. I'm watching him close. Has he been treating you decent? He's fine. You doing all right over here? You got plenty of food and all, right? I'm fine. Need any money to hold you over for the time being? We're fine. If you need anything at all, don't hesitate to ask. Well, like I said, I appreciate your concern. Before you get going, would you care for a drink? It's a long way back into town. Well, that's kind of you. Thank you. I'm just fine. Ward taps his pocket, revealing a flask. Sheriff. Yeah. I meant coffee. No. No, no, I'm, I'm just fine. Thank you. Ward exits. Christopher enters. He stands watching Nadia at work in the kitchen. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. From where I'm standing, you looking so good, I can't tell if you're a blessing or a curse. How long you been standing there? Long enough for me to work up a thirst looking at you. They kiss. You just missed Sheriff Ward. I know, I saw him. Waited till he left to come inside. You got to start being more careful. You're going to get this whole town scared of you. I'm not worried about a bunch of them damn hillbilly farmers. So they're not concerned about that high-reaching drunk. Thinks he's the moral compass of the entire Ohio Valley. Only thing his compass points him to is liquor. Watch your mouth now. Sheriff's a good man. Honestly, Nadia, I don't know what you see in that man. What that man got over you? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing worth talking about. She notices the hatchet. Get that thing out of my kitchen. You know my rules by leaving your tools hanging about. Yes, ma'am. You mind telling me what happened over at the Jenkins? I'd rather act like it never happened. You got to look towards it and grow from it. So let's talk. <sighs> you know, I had that vision three nights ago. Next day, I went over there, touched her, felt the baby kicking with life inside. And I told her to tell that baby to breathe. I saw that child's breath, Nadia. I tried to help. I tried to warn him. What good is this sight? 
I'm cursed with, I can't help nobody. Maybe that vision was meant for you to hold to yourself. Not everybody understand you like I do. I don't want to hear that mess. Nadia smacks him on the back of the head. Woman? Boy, I'm your wife. I have the right to be concerned. You were talking in your sleep again last night. Still having those dreams. Nothing I can't handle. In the meantime, you beautiful married woman, come here. The roof's starting to link again, and the wood still needs to be cut before winter. Consider me already on it. You know, changing the subject don't change things none. Ain't nobody changing subjects. Come here, woman. boy. I don't got time to be messing with you. Got to go back down and work Miss Carol's house. You're always working. Because you ain't. Oh, you're going to be changing that tune soon. I made dinner. Beans and rice? Rice and beans. One day, love, we're going to eat meat. Stuff ourselves with it. Well, until you put that on the table, it's rice and beans. I got some coffee on the stove. You want a cup? I think I want a different kind of coffee. I think I want to drink you in. Hold on to those precious cups of yours in my hand. You are trouble, stranger. Yes, ma'am. I want to take a long, deep drink of you. You're in a good mood. Save the taste of your smooth skin against my lips. Christopher Davis, you better stop that. What's come over you? If you come over here, it'll be you. I want a little something to quench my thirst. You better stop it. I'll scream. I swear it. Good. That's exactly what I want to make you do. You're too much trouble. I ain't coming nowhere near you. Not till you tell me what got you all excited. Besides, I haven't been feeling quite right lately. What's wrong? Need to see Doc Sutherland? You know we can't afford to see that man. It'll pass. Tired, that's all. Come on now, sit down. Tell me about your day. All right, then. We celebrating. Celebrating? What are we celebrating? How does $11 sound to you? A month. Better believe it, baby. My baby got himself a job. Sure did. Sure did. You remember Widow Lucky crossed the bridge? A position working under that woman could be good for us. Edwin Barry and I went over there earlier this morning. You working this job to put food on this table? Or you trying to get in on that silly dream? Nadia, not again. The foolishness that man put in your head about hotel. He's my friend. Only friend I got. Jesus said the same thing about Judas. What Edwin did to Mr. Lewis' restaurant was shameful. He's a weed. He chokes out anything that tries to grow in this town that doesn't have his hand on it. You need to cut him loose. I'll tell you that much. Taste of ambition made him a selfish man. Ain't nothing wrong with a man wanting a little more. Edwin owns an ice cream shop, a restaurant, and he's on the board over at Wilberforce. People around him see him. If that makes him a weed, then that's what I want. Look at my mama. She wanted more. Don't make her a weed. Now, does it? Woman ran away to the Ohio Valley for freedom. Christopher, it's not even a colored hotel. Let me have my dreams, Nadia. That's all I'm asking. Don't see me telling you not to chase your dreams. I gave up dreaming so I could have you come home to me. Gave up being a teacher so I could be a wife to you. Got people around here so scared of you. They scared of me. Ain't nobody going to hire me to teach their children. Look, I'm not trying to argue with you. Things just don't seem right to me when you bring his name into matters. Just wait and see. I'm going to be a fine businessman just like Mr. Barry. Wear a velvet waistcoat like him, too. 
make people see me different for a change. Well, I don't want to be married to a businessman. I want to be married to you. That's enough for me. Not for me, baby. I worked laying bricks for seven years. I'm more than that. We're more than that. Think about it. That hotel could set us for life. Come here. Give me your hands. Christopher takes Nadia's hands. He kisses each one of her fingers. Baby, aren't you tired of scrubbing floors? Aren't you tired of caring all day for old, crusty, wrinkled white women that don't know your name? Hardly remember their own? I've been cleaning up for others all my life. If I can get everything to come together, baby, believe me. You'll never have to worry about something like that ever again. Just a few months at Widow Lucky's, and I'll be able to afford to go into business with Edwin. Finally find a way to fit into this world for once. Finally be able to put meat on this table instead of beans and rice. Maybe if I do this right, I can buy you a proper ring. Nadia sighs, picks up her basket, and prepares to leave. Christopher C. Davis, why can't you see? I don't need those things. They never needed those things. I got to get going now. Miss Carol going to be expecting me. Got to get ready for work. All right. And let me help you. They kiss. Sheriff Ward appears. I'm trying to help you. Nadia. Yeah? I love you more than life itself. I know. I'd die if I ever hurt you. Jail cell. Christopher sits. I can't help you if you don't tell me what I need to know. What makes you think you can help me? You plan on holding off a mob? I can help you if you let me help you. I can hide you. I can protect you. Protect me? You want to protect me? How you going to do that? I got a proposal. How about this? I'm listening. I'm not going to get justice here. We both know it. How about you let me go? Close your eyes. Be blind for an hour. Let me slide out the back way towards freedom. I can't do that, and you know it. Truth is, you don't got no intentions to let me out of here. Damn right. Then we have nothing to talk about. Just want you to confess, boy. And I want you to see me. See you. Edwin enters. Yes, sir, I can see it now. See me as a man. Just as a man. Will you just look at that boy? Nothing else matters other than that. One gotta love this country and what it willing to give us. Living, dying, loving. When we're willing to sacrifice. All that don't mean nothing if I can't ever be seen as a man. Because that's all I'll ever be, just like you. A man that wants and needs, desires. I want you to see that. Well, it's your life on the line. So talk. You see, it was all Edwin Barry's idea. Did I start working for Widow Lucky? He probably don't realize how much he got me tangled in things like they are now. Or did he see it all along? Edwin Barry and Christopher stand looking upward at a vacant building, the future site of Hotel Barry. Yes, sir, I can see it all clear as day. Amazing building, isn't it? You know, I was thinking about you the other day. I wouldn't be at this point if it wasn't for you. Probably still be laying bricks and washing dishes if it wasn't for you. Well, you may have thought I'd forgotten, but I remember it clearly. I remember that day you was working construction with me. It was your first day there. You were nothing but a boy, 
tall, knobby-kneed, and big-eyed, big-headed teenager, and I saw you, standing there with a one brick in your hand. Anyone could tell it was your first day on the job. I approached you to help you out. You looked at me, looked at me with those eyes. You placed that brick in my hand, and you said to me, you will build greatness one brick at a time. I went home that day and gave it some thinking over. That brick you handed me sat there by my bed that night, tossed and turned, sweated the night away. I woke up the next day and I decided, I decided I wasn't going to build no longer for somebody else, but for me. I thank you for that. I thank you for your friendship. No. You ain't even heard what I had to say. You aren't fooling nobody. You want something. Just come out and say it. Look at me again like you did that day. No. I told you before, don't work that way. You want your fate read? Go to a fortune teller. I just need to know if my dream of this hotel will be realized. I don't need to look into you to see it. Edwin. Yeah, boy. Some of just don't seem right. About how we're going about this. What are you talking about? There's no such thing as right and wrong. There simply just is. Edwin. I'm just... Look towards the bigger picture, boy. Picture it, boy. Picture it. See what I see. Twenty-two rooms. For now. But then it'll be fifty rooms. And fifty rooms will turn into ninety. It'll be exquisite. Electric call bells, electric lighting, a hot water heating system, and a Bible in every room. It'll be the beacon of sophistication for this city. It will be the finest hotel in all of Ohio, owned by a colored gent named Mr. Edwin C. Barry. With you by my side, of course. All I need is a loan from the bank and everything is everything. Can you see it? What the hell's wrong with you, boy? Nothing. I've just been thinking. About? Maybe there's another way to get that loan other than through that woman. I don't even know what to say to that. Well, something just don't feel right about using Widow Lucky. Okay, now you've caught my full attention. Let me tell you something, boy. You have visions and so do I. The only difference is that mine is an $1,800 vision. So unless I magically stumble upon a signature on that loan or you get $300 to pay a portion of the cost for this vision... You stay the damn course. Edwin. Don't Edwin me. Use your head, boy. Don't you want a better life for yourself? For Nadia? Yes, but not this way. What other way is there? And why do you care? She's nothing. She got troubles in her heart. Who? Riddle Lucky. Now I know you have lost your damn mind. I'm just saying. I can see her pain. You're causing me pain. That woman has troubles. I hear exactly what you're saying, but don't be a damn fool, boy. What does it matter to you whether she's got troubles? Troubles? What troubles? She's white. What's she know about troubles? She don't know nothing about having troubles. I got troubles. You got troubles. Look, boy. I know you have a good heart, but this is a small town, a fragile town. You can do that 
let me look you in the eye stuff with our people. But boy, Edwin, don't matter to those people what your intentions are, stranger. Your desire to help people will get you killed. I don't want to see that, my friend. I hear you, but... But nothing. Think about Nadia. She gave up a lot for you, boy. How many educated, colored women you see in this town married to a damn field hand? Think about what kind of life you could provide for her. How the world sees you, defines you. Think about how the world would look at you, too, once you're able to parade around here and say you own something. Once you have in your hands the keys to something, can you see that? And guess what? It's simple to obtain. All you got to do is keep your eyes down, smile and nod and do the job that is required of you, and that's all. That task is simple enough. Can you do that? Yeah. What? Yeah. I'm getting old. Hearing not quite like it used to be. So I'm going to ask you again. Can you do that? Yeah. I can do that. Good. Just remember what you're doing this job for. Lucinda enters. She carries several packages. Lucinda's home. It's afternoon. Christopher is hard at work. He sings to himself a slow, mournful song when Lucinda enters. Somewhere in the Garden of Eden, a tree stands twisted. Somewhere in the Garden of Eden, a tree stands twisted. A tree stands twisted. Stranger, stranger, where are you? Afternoon. It looks like you got your hands tied. Didn't you hear me calling you? Sorry, ma'am. And what did I tell you about calling me, ma'am? Give me a hand here. What you got there? You planning a trip, Mrs. Lucky? No, why do you ask? Christopher pulls out a magazine from her package. Journal to the Greater World. Oh, that. That's my business. I'd thank you to keep out of it. I figured it's lonely around here. I haven't anyone to talk to, but if you don't want to talk, then I guess you don't have to talk. It's nothing. <laughs> Silly dreams, that's all. I just like to imagine the world outside of the valley. It seems so grand, the world beyond this place. Life in this valley is the only thing I've ever known. This place strangles you because there's nothing here. The world is out there. Even what might seem like the small things are so grand outside of this place. Why, in this magazine, they say that there is this amusement park attraction in Old Paris, France. That's French for Paris, France. That's in Europe. I'm aware of where France is, Mrs. Lucky. Anyhow, this magazine has a way of making everything seem so heavenly. It says when you first experience the attraction, you feel a state of bliss, that the ride will cause your heart to beat faster and your breathing gets faster from all of the excitement, and you feel this amazing rush all over. Exciting the way they describe the ride, don't you think? I swear the way you look at me. Sorry, Mrs. Lucky. Is my hair misplaced? I forget how much of a walk it is from town. No, you look beautiful, Mrs. Lucky. That's good to hear. Helps me forget I'm getting old. You're not old in my eyes, though. 
Not how I see you. What exactly are you seeing? Nothing. I apologize. Is it true you can see into people's souls? What do you see when you look at me? That you're missing something in your life? What else? Nothing. I appreciate you hiring me. Well, I appreciate you too. Beautiful day, isn't it? It is. Storm's approaching soon, though. I can sense it. Curious what it's like when you have those those visions of yours. I should be getting back to work. Stranger, wait, please. I don't really know how to explain it, really. Try? Please. I don't know when it'll come over me. The fire starts over me, and it grows quiet at first. My heart pounding hard, the only thing I can hear. And then, that's when it begins. What begins? The music. I hear the music start playing. It's filled with this kind of sorrow and pain that's calling out to me. Then flashes of image cut into me deep, twist me around and through me. Each one worse than the next, and as fast as that vision arrives, it's gone again. And I find myself feeling at peace. At peace in the quiet. That quiet, I, I live for that moment. I see. I really should be getting back to work, Mrs. Lucky. Must you go? Stay a while. I, I, don't, I, I don't get much company nowadays. Talk with me. Stranger? Yes, Mrs. Lucky? I'm curious. Everybody in town knows you as Stranger. Why is that? What makes you ask that? Curiosity. Loneliness. Those two combined will get anybody into trouble. My mother gave it to me. Your mother named you Stranger? Honest. If you don't want to tell me, you can just simply say so. We live in a small little cottage. Small, weather-beaten, dust-floor cottage. I'll be reading my lessons for the day. Didn't get proper schooling like the others around here. My mother taught herself how to read. Had me learn for myself, day after day, the Bible, Shakespeare. There I would be sitting on the kitchen floor, waiting for her to come back from work and her daily errands. I'd see her trudging on down the road, weary, tired from long hours of hard labor. And I'd rise to my feet. Standing behind the screen door, watching. I'm just watching her slowly make her way towards me. That weariness, that sadness on the face of your mother, that's something a man will never forget. And when I'd run out that door to go to her, arms outstretched wide, I'd see that a change would come over her. A change would come over her. She'd change in that moment from tired worker woman to a queen, just like that. Same worn, sweat-drenched clothes, same salt-and-peppered hair, same face kissed by the sun, and a thousand times too many to count. But there was something, something would always change in her, something beautiful. Every time she'd see me, something in her eyes, something in the way, in the way she'd look at me, and she'd smile when I embraced her, clutched tightly to her, and she would say to me, Hey there, stranger. Hey there, you beautiful boy, you beautiful man, you beautiful stranger. I see you. Stuck with me ever since.
Funny, though, of all the people to call me stranger, nobody could see me like she did. Never told nobody that before. <laughs> she sounds like a wonderful woman. She was. I've been looking all my life for a woman just like her. Have you found one? Yes, Mrs. Lucky. I believe I have. How does she make you feel? She's my peace. I hope you let her know that. I envy that feeling. Love her more than life itself. Sometimes I regret she loves me. But she threw away her dreams in place of mine. Dreams shouldn't be sacrificed for love. There's no sacrifice greater, in my opinion. Have you heard Edwin is trying to build a hotel here? Oh, yes. Mr. Barry's building the finest hotel in not just this town, but all of Ohio. And I'm going to be his partner for that. I thought that was just another one of Edwin's crazy schemes. Oh, it's not crazy at all. It's going to be what this town needs. Electric call bells, electric lighting, arches, and more. That sounds unimaginable. <laughs> oh, you just got to open your eyes to the possibilities. That's all you got to do. See what others can't see. Sheriff Ward enters at the door. White petal flowers in his hand. Good afternoon, Mrs. Lucky. Stranger. It's a surprise to see you here. I didn't know. Yes, I recently hired him. Did you now? I should get back to work. Stranger, wait. Yes, Mrs. Lucky. Lucinda hands him the magazine. Hold on to it. Give it a look. Maybe it'll help open your eyes. Let me know what you think. I'll do that. Thank you. Me and you need to have a little talk later, stranger. Christopher exits. Sheriff Ward. Oh, please, call me Timothy. What a surprise. These are for you. Flowers. I thought you might like them. Stranger, really? Yes, he is a tremendous help around here. Was I interrupting anything? No. Oh, mercy, no. I meant nothing by it. My apologies. I'm going to pretend that you didn't enter my house and insult my virtue. Did I mention that I brought you flowers? It's been a while since I had flowers. I used to bring you flowers. I don't remember. Oh, you remember. I was but a boy. I had brought you flowers, white ones like these, hand-picked. I found you after school one day. I was about ten years old. I had every intention to have you as Mrs. Ward. I approached you dressed in my Sunday's best. Seems like another life, then. Lord knows I was such a cruel child. When you presented me the flowers, I do recall. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I pushed you into the mud at school and chased you home throwing rocks at you all the way. <laughs> I'm terribly sorry. I was just a schoolgirl with a silly infatuation, and that was my way of showing it. That was then. And this is now. Lord knows time was simpler then. Children don't know anything about love, or hate, or jealousy, or about being alone. They're just... <laughs> it's a beautiful day, isn't it? There's just something about this season. There certainly is. I got a while before I have to make my rounds. I'd like your company. Would you sit with me? This is a rather unexpected surprise, but I'd be honored. If I'd known you were coming by, I would have boiled us some tea. Oh, think nothing of it. 
I was just riding along the river and saw these flowers. said to myself, I ought to pick me a few. Bring them your way. <laughs> I'm blushing. Thank you. My word, my word, my word. What a great view of the South Bridge you have from here. You remember how once we looked out towards this bridge together? Timothy, don't. Sorry. Lucinda. Yes. If I might be so bold, now that there is no puddles of mud around, no rocks to hurl at me. Lucinda, I'd like to... I'd like to come by every now and then and check on you. You'd like to what? I don't know, Sheriff. My loving husband has been in the ground no longer than a few months' time. And I find your attempts to court me... You purely want to make sure you're doing all right. I see. Why the sudden interest in my well-being? Always been interested. You know that just as well as I do. With your husband's death and all, and you are living in this house by yourself. You shouldn't be living like this. Alone. Woman needs man, man needs woman, and I... I just want to make sure you're well taken care of. It's the least I could do. Well, I'll have you know, Sheriff, I'm far from alone. You're not alone. Not alone in the least bit. I have company, lots of company. Just yesterday, the women of the church came by for tea. Really? And Stranger has been coming by every day to do work. So you see, I'm not alone. Not alone at all. Well, I see. You don't need that boy around. There's a man here now. I can come by, help around your house for you, when you need me, of course. Save you the hassle of having to pay him all the time. That's quite nice of you, but Stranger manages well enough for me. Still, I'm, I'm more than available to... To what? To keep you company, if you'd like. I'll keep that in mind. This is a small town, Lucinda. Timothy, I'm going to pretend my ignorance and ask, what does that mean? Well, as I said, this is a small town. And small towns like to talk. For instance, I know the dignified ladies of the church haven't come by since your husband passed, God rest his soul. And I've known for a while now through town gossip that you ain't had company in quite a while. As far as anybody knows, nobody has come by to pay you a visit. Well, I... I prefer my own company. Lucinda. Timothy. Just say you'll consider it. Consider my company. You know me. Know me better than most. I'm sure if you just look into my soul, you'll see that I'm a good man and an ambitious man. One of these days, I'm going to be mayor of this town. I just want to come by and see you every now and then. See me. As I said before, strictly for your well-being, of course. I should be going in now. I have some pressing matters to attend to. I hope you understand. Of course. Have yourself a pleasant evening, Flower. Lucinda exits. Christopher enters. Stranger, you stop and look at me when I'm talking to you. Yes, sir. I'm keeping a close eye on you. A very close eye on you. Sheriff Ward leaves. Christopher is bathed in bright lights. It's blinding. A vision intensifies. Night. Home. Christopher finds himself standing outside. He hums to himself. Nadia stands watching him. What you doing out here? Watching the sky. Seems like a dark storm is brewing. Well, it's a long way from here if it is. 
I'm sorry I didn't wake you, did I? You plan on sleeping anytime soon? Just doing some thinking. I'll be in soon. What's wrong? Why something always got to be wrong? Well. Well, what? Well, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. You sure? Yes. Is there anything I can do? No. Nothing's bothering you. Besides you? Nadia smacks Christopher on the back of the head. Woman, will you stop Don't that? make me beat you, Christopher C. Davis. I'm trying to help you. You're pacing. You only pace when something is wrong. I'm fine, Nadia. Then why aren't you asleep? Because I can't sleep. I'm your wife. Tell me. There's no point fretting over it. It's that nightmare about the old woman again. No. This dream was different this time. Started off with me in the home of the Jenkins family. Looking at that baby entangled in his crib, strangling. I moved to help the baby. Next thing I know, I find that I'm standing under a twisted tree, tangled in weeds, strangling me. And in the darkness, I see eyes staring back at me. And I can't see into them. It was just a dream. You don't understand, love. It felt, it seemed real. Those eyes just looking at me. Every night that dream gets more and more real to me. Wake up barely able to breathe. Tonight, I even thought I saw the old woman over by the clearing watching me. She's coming for me. I can feel her coming. Come here. What? Don't what me. Give me your hands. Your hands are trembling. They're getting worse, Nadia. Nadia kisses each one of his fingers. Come to bed before you catch your death out here. Come on, come to bed. I'm here for you, stranger. Nadia cradles Christopher. I'm scared, baby. I know, I know. There will be peace in the valley for me someday. There will be peace in the valley for me. Oh, Lord, I pray. There'll be no sadness, no sorrow, no trouble, trouble I see. There will be peace in the valley for me, for me. Lights fade. Come up on Lucinda's home. Noon. Christopher with hatchet in hand down center. He's been hard at work. Shirtless. He wipes his brow. Stranger? You all right, ma'am? I'm fine. I, uh, I, I'm fine. Could you perhaps put a shirt on for just a moment? What are you doing? It's November. So hot out here when you're working. Christopher turns and Lucinda notices the scars upon his back. Oh, dear God. How did you get those scars on your back? You're right. I should put my shirt on. Honestly, stranger, what happened to your back? Sorry, Mrs. Lucky. I won't have my shirt off again. If you got the time, I want to talk to you about an opportunity you might take an interest in. About the hotel. Maybe later, all right. Stranger, before I forget, thank you for fixing that roof up there. You did a nice job with that. Thank you, ma'am. Before you finish up today, that tree out there needs to be cut down. I need some more firewood before the winter comes our way. It's supposed to be a long one, I've been told. I'll get on it right away, Mrs. Lucky. Stranger. 
There's one more thing I want from you. Yes, Mrs. Lucky? I don't know how to ask this, but I need you to see inside of my soul. No, Mrs. Lucky. No. No. It doesn't work that way. If you look at me, if you take a look into my eyes, then I'll listen to your proposal about the hotel. You let me talk to you about the hotel. I will. It just comes. I don't know when it happens. It just... Try, please. That's all I'm asking. Just try. Just try for me. Because I'm empty inside. Maybe... I don't know. Can you just try for me, please? I see you, Lucinda Lucky. I see your pain. I see your loneliness. It's all twisted up and tangled around your soul. I see your loneliness wrapping around your heart and spread through your veins, choking you. I see you sitting in your rocking chair by the fireplace, gazing out towards the South Bridge on cold nights. I see your tears staining your dress. You miss the sound of your children's laughter in your house. Your wedding night, you ran away from your husband. Made it as far as the South Bridge before he found you hiding under the branches of an old tree, kicking and screaming. He carried you back to your wedding bed. How could you know that? I see you, Lucinda. I see your pain. I see your anguish. I see you crying your eyes out, arms outstretched wide to God. I can see your children. I see you. I see a lover's scorn, a child born, a bride's lie. I see your children. I see their graves. Please stop. You're scaring me. I see you. I see your loneliness. I see this house. I see a shadow over the valley starting to form like a storm is approaching. A storm that will take a long time before it ever finds a calm. Stop it, please. I see you. I see you. I see you. Stop it, please. It's never happened like that before. It's never happened like that before. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. That wasn't my intention at all. He moves towards her. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. How could you see all of that? I, I, I don't understand. Lucinda, don't cry. You don't have to cry anymore. That's what I'm saying. You saw all that. Stop crying. All right, please. Can you do that for me? Can you? The two look at each other. They kiss. We shouldn't. They kiss. Not proper. It's not right. It, it could find us the kind of trouble neither of us needs in our lives. <laughs> they want to pull away, but can't. I'm a widow. Men don't look at me in that way. Maybe they should. You can't. We can't. People will talk. Edwin enters, unseen to Lucinda and Christopher. He watches for a moment before he turns and leaves. No one will know. You don't know what you're saying. This is something we can't get tangled up into. They kiss. Christopher stops and pulls away. We can't. I should go. Christopher Shh. turns to leave, and Lucinda pulls Christopher close to her. Shh. I just need you to see me. Christopher pulls her into him, wrapping her arms around his neck, entangling her with him. She tightens her grip around him. They kiss. 
End Act 1. Interlude. A singular red light pierces through the darkness of the stage, revealing Christopher standing atop a tree stump. Indistinct whispers. He stands, half-naked, arms outstretched. He hums a mournful, pain-filled song softly to himself, as if in heartbroken mourning. Can you see me? He begins humming the same haunting tune again as the lights dim, swallowing him into the darkness. Blackout. Act 2. Book of Memories Torn. Lucinda's house, same day, evening. Christopher and Lucinda. They dress. Lucinda touches his back, tracing the length of his scars. Somewhere in the Garden of Eden, a tree stands twisted. Somewhere in the Garden of Eden, a tree stands twisted. Never heard that song before. It's haunting. Where did you learn it? An old woman sung it to me once. Those scars on your back look almost like that tree over by the South Bridge. The way the scars move up your spine and branch out all twisted-like. It's ugly. He attempts to cover the scars with his shirt, and she stops him. Lucinda kisses the length of his scars. I think they're beautiful. It's our scars that define us. I see it going, Lucinda. Please, Christopher, wait. I don't do this. Stay just a while longer. Would you like some tea or coffee, perhaps? I have some of my husband's whiskey, if you'd like. I'm fine. Thank you. Why are you pacing about like that? It's nothing. Sit, please. I should be getting on my way. I want to understand these visions. How can you see the way you do? It was the old woman. The old woman. I was in the farmhouse stable working as a child when an old woman came in humming, looked at me, waved me on over to follow her, and I did. Don't know why, I just did. I still remember that old woman, see her in my dreams. She had a look on her face. Her eyes, I ain't never seen eyes like that. Seemed like Every drop of tears in that old woman's body had been wept out of her. She took my little hand and guided me on down to this clearing at the end of the property to an old ash tree, old and twisted from time, and there I saw a man's legs just dangling, his hands tied behind his back, and flies fat from feeding off his misery circled him. I looked up into his vacant eyes, and they looked back at me accusing me. I wanted to run, wanted to leave that place and not look back, but I couldn't. My feet was rooted to the earth. After a moment, I found that the man swinging by the neck had disappeared, faded away into the afternoon sun. When I looked around, saw the same with the old woman, too. Gone. I found myself standing there still in that stable. I'd never left, but something was different about me. I had these scars upon my back, marking me for life. Every morning I wake up to find a new scar upon them. But I could feel something else as well. This pressure as if a rope was tightening around my neck, 
and I was struggling to breathe. Feel it every day I wake up. Feel it every time I walk down these streets. Feel it every time I look into someone's eyes. Like I was being strangled by something I can't see. Something I can never cut loose. To think you were just a child when that happened. To be given that kind of weight upon your shoulders. Wish every day of my life I never took that woman's hand. That's a memory I wish I never had. Memories in history are supposed to be brought back. It's how we keep from forgetting. <laughs> Who am I to throw away the bad memories and keep only the good? We need both to heal our scars. Some scars? I don't think ever heal. True. Old man lucky. Always smiling and laughing, laughing and smiling. I learned to hate that laugh and his smile. Again, I'm sorry if I brought up painful memories. It's those memories that define us. I should be getting going. May I ask you something else? My wife. She'll be worried sick, wondering where I am. I'm making dinner, if you're interested. It's getting kind of late. It'll be done in just a few. Some candied yams and a side of some bread and butter pudding. I'd like to take you up on that. I'm roasting a skewer of hen stuffed with sausage. Look, honestly, I wish I could stay. Then you should. Have supper with me, Christopher. That's all I'm asking. And go back home to that young gal waiting for you. She'll understand. All that food is just going to go to waste. Otherwise, I've gotten so used to cooking for two, I don't... It gets so... I really appreciate your company. Have someone to talk to. You can tell me about this hotel you and Edwin Barry are dreaming up. I just don't want to be alone in silence just for a while. I'd like that. I'd like for someone to see me for once. Lights up on Ward and Christopher in jail. Lies. Lies, lies. I see right through you. You don't think I can't see you lying to me? Why would I lie? The sound of the mob growing closer. You just don't get this, do you? Hear those voices gathering outside, huh? You know what that's the sound of? That, my friend, that is the sound of civic-minded men that have had enough. That is the sound of men who go to work every day to put food on their children's plate. Good Christian men. And they're thirsty to you parched, more like it, and my door right now demanding themselves justice. Justice or Negro blood? It's pretty much the same thing in their book. Them one tastes just a little sweeter than the other. You don't believe me? No, I don't, damn it. You don't like the truth? Most people don't. They'd rather wrap up the truth with lies. Ward takes a drink from his flask. I'm trying to help you. Where's your conscience? The word conscience makes me wonder. Why you want to help me so bad? What's the truth behind that, huh? I know what you're doing. Do you? Yeah. You're a smart one. You know, a lesser man could let that mob hang you after you told that lie. From my understanding, there's 30, 40 guns out there. Some come from as far away as Albany. But I want a jury to find you guilty. I want to have that pleasure to carry with me. What else you carrying with you? Mind telling me that, Sheriff? You might have that town believing you got some kind of sight. But you don't got me fooled. I see you, Sheriff Ward. I see your guilt. I see your sin. See it when I look in your eyes. 
See your bare hands clenched tight as you strike little Sammy boy. Why'd you do it, Sheriff? A few drinks too many? Or did little Sammy boy just rub you wrong? I don't know where you got your information, but you're wrong about that. I see your soul, Sheriff Ward. Shut your mouth, damn it. You, Hess, and Deloach had a good time that night. Celebrating you turning a year older. I see you ambushing that boy in the darkness. It didn't happen like that. I see you. I see the very crime that strangles your soul. You plan to leave the valley. Plan to one day become an educated man at Wilberforce. Why'd you do it, Sheriff? Tell me that. Did you beat him because he was too bright? Too ambitious? Or did you beat him just because he was an Indian-haired black boy who dreamed of leaving this valley? I'm warning you. I see you. I see your rage. He never saw it coming. Never saw it coming as Hess knocked out his eye. That's why you want to try to save me in hopes that you'll save your soul for a past sin by trying to save mine. One life in exchange for another. I see you, Sheriff. For that one time, for that one eye, you let your moral compass point you wrong. I see you and your guilt. I see your guilt. I see your guilt. Ward grabs Christopher. Lucinda appears. My guilt? My guilt? I'm not the one guilty of cheating on his wife, now am I? Wouldn't it be nice if we left this place? You know, you could make this easier. We could go to Europe, see the greater world. Easier. On us both. Forget about investing in some silly hotel. If you're not willing to help yourself. A hotel, here. Maybe you'll be willing to help. And you won't need to worry about Nadia. I don't know. We could leave her some money, make sure she's well taken care of. Maybe that beautiful bride of yours? Leave her out of this. Would you be willing to help your wife by confessing? Think about it, boy. Don't you get it? I'm trying to save her the shame of seeing you swing from the neck. I'm simply saying she can't make you happy. Not like I can. I said leave her out of this. Well, I'd like to, Christopher. But if you're not willing to help yourself, well, that leads me to wonder. What are you willing to sacrifice? I don't understand why you're acting like this. Yes, that's the question. She's not involved in this. I wonder if she ever looked you in the eyes. Looked at you and saw what I see. Can't we just leave this place? Think she ever looked at you with both eyes wide open and said to herself, My God, what is this standing next to me? Stop. Why? I upset you. Bring her down over here. Let her see you behind bars. Here you'll always be seen as less than you are. Why should I not let her see you for who you are? A nothing. I'm giving, giving you, you a, a chance. chance. What can you possibly accomplish here, Christopher? Come on, Come on. Tell, tell me, me that. that. Tell me. Go to hell. <laughs> Go to hell. Those are bold words, boy. They want to hang you, and the only man standing between you and that angel called death is me. And you say, go to hell. And that wife of yours? I need you, Christopher. It should be a clear choice. Nadia can't offer you anything. I can. I said leave my wife out of this. Christopher rises to his feet. Oh, that's the spirit. There you go. You want to strike me, is that it? Well, come on and strike me. Hatchet's right there. Go for it. Attack me like you attacked Widow Lucky. Bash my skull with that hatchet like you did Lucinda Lucky, huh? Oh, if that pretty little wife of yours could see you now. 
I'll kill you. Lucinda Lucky got you mad too. Is that what happened? Christopher tries to charge for the hatchet. The sheriff does the same. Christopher wrestles the hatchet out of the sheriff's grip and holds the hatchet to his throat. Is this what you want to see, huh? I could do it. You know that, Sheriff. Leave you lying here in your own damn blood as I sneak out the back. I could do it and not think twice about it. But I ain't. I'm a man, you hear me? A man. Sheriff Ward, after a struggle, wrestles Christopher down. One hand upon Christopher's throat, Ward raises the hatchet high above his head and stops himself before he brings it angrily down upon Christopher. Ward lets out a deep breath. I'm not a perfect man, stranger. I got my sins that forever I'll be trying to amend. Your wife, you know she's... I envy you for what you got. Nadia is by a window, looking out. She's folding clothes and placing them into her basket. Do you know what time it is? I know. I know. She's my blessing and I don't deserve her. Don't think I ever have really told her how much she means to me. Christopher crosses into the house. It's late. I know. I'm sorry. Want me to help you with the dishes, love? Where you been? I'm working. Over at Lucinda's. I mean, Widow Lucky's place. The food sitting on the stove is cold. I made rice and beans. Oh, that's all right. Widow Lucky cooked. Oh, I see. Any coffee in the pot? It's been getting cold. That roof still needs mending. Said a couple days ago you was planning on mending it. I'll get on it. Widow Lucky got to beg you to mend her roof? She's paying me, Nadia. She's paying me. I, I don't like her. I don't trust her. She's good people. Jesus said the same thing about the... Jesus, not... Jesus. You say Jesus, I say Jesus. She's just a lonely woman. You find her attractive? She's all by herself Do up there. Do you find that woman you working for attractive? I love you, Nadia. Just let it it's be. It's a yes or no question. Just answer it. For a woman? Her age? I knew it. I have it in my mind to just... What else are you doing around her house? Stop. We need to talk about... Talking can wait, love. I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Stranger. You tell me what to do, because I don't know. It's just that I have a bad feeling about all this. And when I get these feelings, I've learned over time to trust them. Honestly, Christopher, I won't know what to do if... I'm not going nowhere. I love you, all right? I love you, Nadia. I don't know what I got to do to prove that. I love you too, stranger, but... Nobody knows me like you do. Love. They kiss. Then how come when I kiss you, it don't feel like I'm kissing the man I fell in love with? Can you tell me that? Where are you going? Out. If I see the man you fell in love with, I'll tell him to come home. I need to talk to you, Christopher. Christopher! Christopher! Night. Christopher moves towards the jail cell with Sheriff Ward. Have you heard a single thing I'm telling you? Sign the confession so I can appease this mob. Reads. I, Christopher C. Davis, hereby confess to committing the assault and performing forced outrage 
upon the person of Lucinda Lucky. I'm not signing this. I'm innocent. Let me go. I want to help you. How confessing guilt when I'm innocent help it? Just sign the confession. Let me show it to those men gathering outside. Let me end this before it gets out of hand. Either way, I'm a dead man. Have you ever witnessed a lynching before? I've seen one once. They strung up five colored gents in front of the Posey County Courthouse lawn in Indiana. They tortured them slowly at first. Men died screaming to God to save them. Most inhuman thing I've ever seen in all my days. See, I'm just trying to spare you that kind of death. Those men out there are ready to kill you, boy. They'll walk you four blocks down Court Street and will hang you by the South Bridge. Understand? I can't sign that. Sign it. I can't. Come on now. I wouldn't harm a soul. I told you that. Well, we proved that otherwise earlier, didn't we? What about you? Lucinda appears. Hello, Sheriff. What about me? I didn't expect you today. Huh. My mama used to tell me, if you've never considered murder, then you've never been in love. Lucinda's. Ward approaches. Christopher is working in the garden. You look beautiful today. Thank you. Timothy, have you been drinking? I had a nip here and there. Can I talk to you? I thought that's what we were doing. Ward moves towards Lucinda. Take my hand. He offers his hand out to her, and she takes it. He draws her close to him. Lucinda. Lucinda, Lucinda, you are so beautiful. Stunning piece of work, you know that? Every way imaginable. Every time I see you, I just want to reach out and touch you. So delicate, so soft, so pure. Like a flower. He kisses Lucinda. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Let go of me. I'm sorry. I said let go. We could have a good life together now, don't you think? Sheriff, I care for you. And I for you. And I don't want to hurt you now. You were a good man. Were. You had a kindness you showed to everyone once. A charm and wit about you, but I don't see that man anymore. I could be that man. You and I, we are not meant to be together. <sighs> I don't think you realize what you're saying. Yeah, I'm not one to turn away from. I've held this love in my soul for you a long time. Long time. Don't you forget who you snuck off to love during our youth? Don't you forget who remained silent when the child he could never claim died in the war? I remained patient and waited for that old fool to be dead and buried in the ground. Waited long, long time for you. The love I've yearned for my entire life. And now you deny me. You deny me. Why? Tell me that. I'm sorry if I hurt you. That's not my intentions. I was a silly child then, Timothy, but not now. The things that I held in my heart for you once. The fire in my heart has died out for you. It left my heart same day our... I was wrong. We were wrong, but you're a friend, a good friend, and that's what I need right now, nothing more. I wish you could see that. I wish you could see me as more. 
When something happens and I pray nothing will, you'll wish I was here for you. I have to... I have pressing, pressing matters, matters to attend to. to. Yes, I know. I'm sorry. Ward notices Christopher. He reaches into his vest pocket and pulls out an envelope. You see this envelope? I see it, sir. What do you want? What do I want? Not a matter of fact of what I want, it's what you want. You know what this is? This is $300. This is my campaign money for mayor. And I want you to take this. Take this and find a way out of Widow Lucky's employment. I don't think I want your money, sir. I think you do. You can do a lot with $300. That's freedom, boy. Right here in my hands. $300 can fulfill a lot of dreams. Maybe invest in that hotel Edwin been chattering on about. Maybe buy your wife something nice. Give her a ring, perhaps. Give her a proper-like wedding. Oh, yes, boy, I know. Believe me, I know. What? You don't think my own flesh and blood going to tell me things, huh? But... Oh, you didn't know that, didn't you? Take the money, boy. That's more money than you'll see in a long time, so take the money. What do you say? Widow Lucky's... She's expecting me for work. <laughs> do you have any concept of what $300 looks like in your hands? Do you even know what $300 feels like in your dirt-covered field worker hands? Yeah, I'm talking about hard cash. $300, beautiful American currency. Take it. Take it now. Christopher takes the envelope. There. Now that's a good boy. Christopher holds the money and throws it to the sheriff's feet. I'm a man. I'm not about to be bribed or sold off. I don't want nothing from you. Not now. Not ever. You're way out of your depths on this one, boy. Believe me. The site of the Berry Hotel. Evening, Edwin. Christopher, there's my boy. I was just looking for you. Walk with me. Talk with me. I'd like that. Boy, you know, I got more property and money than most of these white people in this town. Not once have they added Mr. to the top of my name. Not once. Edwin, have you been drinking? Yup. Why? Why the hell not? <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, I'm going to go to my grave and people are going to believe I ain't never touched a drink a day in my life. You know why? Because I keep my life and my business separate. Smart people do that. Are you smart, stranger? Martha's going to be waiting for you. Martha? Your wife? She's at the opera house in Nelsonville watching a play. Distance, my boy, makes marriage prosper. Further she is away? lest you feel you're being dragged to your death when you see her. Remember I said that. God, what a disappointment I must seem to that woman. You know, yesterday she told me I should never shave this mustache. Makes me look more prestigious, like I'm a true businessman, she says. I do everything I can to make that woman happy. Let's get you home. Boy, take your damn hands off me. Can't you see you're dragging me down? This is my life's work. My life. 
I'm going home. Stay, damn it. You even mentioned the loan to that woman, huh? I did. Didn't feel right using her like that. But using that white woman in other ways did, huh? That's the look of talking. How many more times? How many times do I got to bend and beg for them to acknowledge me? But I can't do it if you're busy trashing my name along with yours. You're no good for people, boy. Everyone around you. I mean, Jesus. Jesus. Just trouble, boy. People are talking, stranger. Don't you get that? Well, they ain't got nothing to talk about. They don't have nothing to talk about. No. So people haven't seen you walking side by side with her? Weren't seen carrying her bags from the grocer up on Court Street, huh? Weren't chatting up a storm with her? I don't walk side by side with her. So you telling me they haven't seen you casting smiles in her direction? I wasn't smiling at the woman. It was a beautiful day. I was happy. That's all. You're pacing. That don't mean nothing. I saw you, boy. What? I saw you, stranger. Saw you in that woman's arms. Ed, don't cross me, boy. You have no idea what I'm capable of. No idea. I told you. Get close. I didn't say nothing about getting that close. You're going to force my hand, force me to sign my soul over to the devil himself, boy. D do you realize that? You got to help me. Why I got to help you? Because you got me the job. Well, you got yourself in this damn mess. Edwin. For now, go home to your wife and be good to her. What do I, if, <laughs> but what do I do if when I tell her, she leaves me? What if she don't take me back? Simple way to solve that. You don't tell her. I can't do that. I got to make things right with her. Hell, I wouldn't tell my wife. Come back home one day, find your shit outside on fire with her dancing around it. Oh, you know, you're in real trouble when they quiet. Nothing scarier than a woman who's silent. The most deadliest of storms are those that start calm and quiet. Women aren't right like men. They don't take bad news well. I got to tell her. You love her? You know I do. Well, let me tell you this then. And you remember this. I'm telling you this out of love, my boy. Always been out of love. Nobody is perfect in this life. We've all sinned and sinned alike. Just keep that in mind. Because any woman that can't love you unconditionally, even when you're man enough to admit you're wrong, you're better off alone. Because they ain't the one for you. Christopher's home. Hey, love. Hey. Sorry I'm late. I was over with Edwin. Have you seen my tools? They've gone missing. Haven't seen them. I'm about to go out in a few. Any coffee on the stove? We're out. You're mad at me. Did I do something wrong? I don't know. Have you? If this is about the leak on the roof, I'll get on it tomorrow. I made a promise, but I can work on that later. It's mended. Who fixed the roof? I fixed it. I'm sorry. Working over at Lucinda's... What is it you see in that woman that you don't see in me? No. I just want to understand. Promise. From this day forward, I'm going to be around more. You promise? I promise. Why are you opening your eyes now? I finally see what I'm truly supposed to see. You. 
You're the only one who sees me. You see me for who I am and who I can be. I realize what I got to sacrifice. Christopher embraces Nadia. Nadia pulls away. Nadia struggles to breathe. She exhales sorrow. How could I have been so blind? If you just let me explain. What could you possibly have to explain? All those nights I waited up for you. All those nights I gave all my love to you. Do you know what it's like hearing rumors? Rumors you're laying with some widow, some old white woman. I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to answer it. Am I right to envy this woman? Tell me that. I see. Nadia rises to her feet and moves to exit. A basket is in her hand. It was a mistake. I don't need or want to be tangled up with that woman. I want you. I see. Just tell me what you want me to do and I'll do it. Just tell me what I got to do to make things right. Find new work. Come home to me. Be a husband to me. It's done. I'm going to make things right. I promise you that. I'll end it any way I got to. I want you, Nadia. I need you. I wish I could believe that. She picks up the basket and turns to leave. What are you doing? Same thing I've always done. Clean up for others. Nadia exits. So I went to end it. Jail cell. And that's when you went to Widow Lucky's and attacked her. Why would I do that? Lucinda appears. She's plucking the petals of a white flower. Maybe you started feeling things. We're starting to feel strangled by the situation, maybe. That lust can cause a man's heart to grow hard. Maybe you broke into her place for money since that loan Edwin wanted didn't come through. Since she was there, you couldn't help but want to get yourself a taste. When Widow Lucky wakes up, she can tell you the truth. He loves me. Lucinda not going to wake up. What? She's gone. He loves me not. What do you mean? She's at peace. She's dead. You killed her. No matter. Edwin will tell me everything I need to know. Edwin? Yes. Maybe he'll help get to the root of all this. Talk some sense into this boy. Convince your colleague here that signing the confession is in his best interest. How is he? Better than he would be out there. May I speak to Christopher? In private for a moment, sir? Go on ahead. Ward takes a few steps back, but doesn't leave. They treating you all right? This is a terrible thing that's happened here, boy. Slippery slope, very slippery slope indeed. Edwin, you got to help me. You got to tell him I'm innocent. Tell him I didn't do the crime, Edwin. Tell him he's got the wrong man, Edwin. They'll listen to you, Edwin. Tell him you got to let me go. Damn it, will you hush, boy? What you doing letting these white folks see in that they got you scared? Calm yourself. Good. Now you know, I always look out for you, boy. I know. And you know I only want what's best for you, right? Yeah, Edwin, I know. Don't you understand what's happening here? You're in a bad spot, a real bad spot. Can't you see this is bad for not just you? This is bad for me. 
for Nadia, for this town, everyone around you. I understand that. Do you? Do you really? Ward ain't a bad man. He's trying to help you. Sheriff could just hand you over to those white folks out there. Let them have their way with you. But he's not. He's not. He's trying to help you. He's offering you the chance to tell your side of things to a jury. To get you a fair trial. Fair trial? We both know I wouldn't get no fair trial. You don't know that for sure. I didn't do this. You think those white folks out there care? You think they give a damn about you, boy? To them, you ain't nothing but a colored boy they want to see hang. Now hear me out, boy. You got to sign that confession. Sign it. Sign it. So you can walk this earth one more day. That's all we're trying to do. Save you. So, what you waiting for? Take that man's offer and sign it. Innocent, guilty, it don't matter. Sign that confession so that mob will be appeased. Time is ticking down, gentlemen. Edwin. Christopher, listen to me, damn it. You found yourself in the worst kind of situation a man can get himself into. You're a good man, a kind, good-hearted man. I just want what's best for you. But I didn't do it. I wouldn't hurt Widow Lucky. You know that for sure? What you mean? <laughs> Everybody around here know you got those visions. My question is, when those visions come, where your mind go? Can you honestly say you got full control of yourself? Can you account for everything that happens in those moments? I've seen you when you have them. You're there, but at the same time not. It's a frightening sight to see. So can you honestly say you couldn't have attacked her? I wouldn't attack her. Can you honestly say that, stranger? Well, no, but... That's the phrase right there. No, but. Let me tell you what the sheriff got on you. A busted down door, your employer lying dead in her own blood, and your bloody hatchet buried in her, with no claims of where you was and a town scared of you because of them visions. You understand what I'm saying, boy? But I didn't kill her. Can you say that for sure? Can you say that for sure, Christopher? What would you do? I'm not you, stranger. But what would you do? What would you do if you were me? Me? I like getting to wake up in the morning. Stretching, yawning, seeing the sunrise peek over the tree line to greet me one more day. I know it's not much, but that's where I find my joy. Starts me off right, knowing I'm alive to see a new day. So what I'd do is I'd say my prayers, get right with the Lord. Then I'd take a deep breath. I'd ask for that man's pen, take that paper he's got there, and I'd sign my name on the line. And then I'd know I'm going to live just a few more nights, just see a few more sunrises. That's what I'd do. That knowledge alone would be the world to me. I can't do that. Yes, you can, boy. So that mob don't burn your feet, gouge out your eyes, beat you near to death, and then wait till you beg for death before they finally hang you from the nearest bridge or tree they can find. Yes, you can. So Nadia, don't have to suffer knowing you died a horrible death. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can, boy. 
Yes, you will. Because I love you too damn much, boy, to see you die that way. You'll go to trial. I'll hire a good lawyer for you. Get Mr. Lovner to represent you. Best in town. But first, you do what needs to be done. Sign that confession. Edwin, I can't. You must. You think on it. All I want you to do right now is think on it, boy. Edwin walks away towards Ward. Just give him a few to stew on my words. The boy will realize what's good for him and sign. Mark my words, Sheriff. He'll do it. Now my compass led me in the direction you pointed me, sir. This, along with what else you requested, is sitting on your deputy's desk. If memory serves me correct, you promised for my civic duty something in return. I did indeed. Sheriff Ward holds out towards Edwin a small envelope, almost hands it over and stops. Lucinda appears, plucking petals from a white flower. He loves me. Ward hands him the signed loan. Congrats, Mr. Barry. I'm going to enjoy our future business endeavor together. Could you perhaps say that one more time for me, Sheriff? Just the first part. He loves me not. Congrats, Mr. Barry. I must admit I do like how that sounds. Well, I must say I appreciate you coming down and helping to do the right thing. He loves me. There's no such thing as the right and wrong, Sheriff. It's about business. Always been about business. Christopher takes a deep breath as he overhears. One brick at a time, Edwin. One brick at a time. He loves me not. Evening. Christopher and Lucinda. Hello. Come in. Everything all right? I'm fine. Storm is going to be approaching soon. I can feel it in my bones. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not. I couldn't sleep last night. I took a walk along the river, though. Picked white daisies. <laughs> I probably look a complete mess right now. I like your hair that way. What? Down like this. You should wear it like that more often. Me? I'm an old woman. It's not... Proper? I can't be having the whole town look at me like I'm some kind of hussy. Can you picture that? You and me, arm in arm, entangled in lovers' embraces like nothing else matters. Walking down Court Street with my hair down? Like this? Hmm. No. Certainly not proper. Time after time, we keep coming back to that word. Perhaps you're right. Then again, I'll never get to walk down Court Street with you. I want to talk, talk to you about, to you about something. something. You first. She pulls out a small box. It's not made in China or tailored by the finest in New York or London, but Mr. Wagner is said to be the best tailor in Athens. I hope you like it. What's this? Open it and see. Well, come on now, open it. Christopher opens it and pulls out a red waistcoat. It's not made of velvet, but still elegant in fashion and style. A tree is woven into the design on the back of it, twisted like the scars on Christopher's back. Lucinda, 
I know you think those scars upon your back are ugly, but I wanted to show you through this design woven in the back of this how beautiful they truly are to look upon. You just don't get it. I want you to see the beauty you possess. Take it. Don't say a word, just take it, please. This isn't right. This isn't right. Please, just... Look what else is in the box. Christopher reaches into the box and pulls out a ticket. We should leave this place. You and I together. And go where? Anywhere but this valley. Where are we going to go? You think it's as easy as that? I could pull out all my money and we could... We could take the first boat to Europe. You'd leave your entire life behind? I've never felt more alive in my fifty-some-odd years than in these last weeks. Than in these last hours. Run away with me. We could go to Europe, see the greater world. Christopher, you should forget about investing in some silly hotel. I mean, a hotel. Here, really. And you won't need to worry about Nadia. Stop it. We could leave her some money. Make sure she's well taken care of. She'd want for nothing. Leave her out of this. I'm simply saying she can't make you happy, not like I can. Christopher grabs a hold of her, grips her tight. And I said leave her out of this. Christopher, please, you're hurting me. Christopher releases her, pushing her away. Christopher stares out into the distance. I'm sorry. I don't understand. I don't understand why you're acting like this. I can't do this. Come away with me. Here, you'll always be seen as less than you are. I'm giving you a chance. Think about what you're saying. It doesn't have to be this way. <sighs> I read in a magazine that we... To hell with your magazines, Lucinda. I frightened you with my talk. Can't you just sit with me for a while before you have to go? I can cook something. Do you want something to drink? I'm fine. It's been a while since I've felt a touch from someone. You know that? Had someone look at me like you do? For the first time in a long time, I didn't have someone looking at me like I was a wife or a mother, a widow. You looked at me with those eyes and looked at me for once like I was a woman. I want to thank you for that. You don't got to thank me. No, but I do. I can't do this. Don't this feel wrong to you? What? Don't you feel any guilt in that soul of yours? Should I? Lucinda. No, you tell me. What will be three coming on four weeks now? I make my way down here every morning. I work. I tend to the things that need tending to. And then I lay with you. Tend to your needs. But I can't do it anymore. Christopher. I'm a married man. At first, I thought that guilt in me would go away each time. I think it would be easier than the next. But it don't. I still have that feeling inside of me, making it hard for me to breathe around her, around you. I'm choking myself. I can't do this anymore. I thought we shared something. We do. We did. Why are you doing this? I owed that woman I married the truth. We write our own truth. Christopher, wait. I want you to have the waistcoat. I don't know if I could do that, ma'am. Please, I want you to have it. It would mean a lot to me. Put it on for me. I want to see you in it. Christopher hesitates and places the waistcoat on. Well, mercy on my soul. You look quite charming, if I do say so myself. If, if 
I didn't know any better, I might mistake you for a fine businessman. Now, I just want you to do a favor for me. Will you do that for me? What? I need you to consider this closely for me. When you're at home with her, when you sit down to dinner next to her, when you lay in bed next to her, when you're loving her and growing old with her, I want you to consider how good of a life you could have had with me. Please, will you do that for me? Just put the ticket in your pocket and think on it. I'm getting on that train tomorrow night and on the boat to Europe shortly afterwards. Come with me. You decide to stay, I'll sign for the loan, but come see me. I gotta go back to her. I thought I could be a lover to you and a husband to her, but I can't. I can't be both. Lucinda kisses him on the cheek and tucks one of the tickets into his waistcoat. She shows him the other and places it into her apron. I'm certain that when the time comes, you'll make the right decision. Christopher exits and sits in his cell. I love you. Nadia enters. Nadia, you shouldn't be here. Sheriff, you mind if I speak with my husband for a moment? Of course, of course. Are you all right in here? I wish you hadn't come. Well, I did. They look at each other for a long time. They really see who each other is. How many out there? It's growing. I don't want you to see me like this. Christopher takes Nadia's hand and kisses each finger, one by one. I love you, Nadia. Christopher embraces her tightly. He looks at her. She looks at him. She slaps him. I want you to know. I can't love you anymore. It hurts too much. I feel like our love is choking me, and I can't do that to myself, knowing I'm carrying your child. What? Three months with child, stranger. Three months with child. Three months, and you couldn't see Why didn't you tell me? Why couldn't you see it? Tell me that, Christopher. Why couldn't you see it? You could see inside of everybody else, but you couldn't see me. You couldn't see inside of me. I wanted to tell you so badly, but you only saw and heard what you wanted to. So consumed by your dreams and your nightmares. I wonder when you'd open your eyes, see why I needed you, and you couldn't do that. What am I supposed to do with a man like that? I don't know, Nadia. God, I thought you were such a good man. Saw you for so much more than just a man. You were blessed. You were everything. But you're, you're not. You're. Nadia pulls out the ticket. I've got to leave you. I'm leaving the valley. There's nothing here for me in Athens no more. You destroyed everything good I had here. Everything. Nadia kisses Christopher upon the cheek and she turns to leave. And with a single kiss upon the cheek, Judas betrayed Jesus. I could never see into you. No matter how hard I tried, I just couldn't do it. And I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry I couldn't see till now. Judas. I'm the Judas? Do you see how you hurt me? Do you see how you hurt our child? Hurt us? Can you see that? I see. I can see. Nadia rises to her feet and turns to exit, facing Ward. Sheriff, 
You seem to have made a mistake. How's that? You brought me to see my husband. But this man right here ain't nothing but a stranger to me. Nadia exits. Christopher cries violent tears, dry, pain-filled sobs, and as quickly as the tears began to flow. They stop, replaced by a soft, mournful humming. Ward approaches. You mind if I take a sip from that flask? Thought you didn't drink. Same here. He drinks. You ready to sign? I'm ready. Christopher takes the confession. He takes a pen and holds it to the paper. He signs it, folds it carefully. Sheriff, I once told my wife I'd die if I ever hurt her. I'm sorry. It's got to be this way, son. Now I got to go out there and show that confession to those men outside, convince them that justice has been done. They can go home to their families before they do something that'll forever haunt their souls. This will buy us some time. I'm not much of a religious man, but I've always believed the most precious gift God ever gave man was life. I'd like to think he's right about that. <laughs> What's so funny? No, you're wrong. It was love. He stops, looks at Ward before ripping the confession. Sheriff, you go out to the mob gathering out there. Let them know I can't wait for them to see me. Epilogue. Christopher stands there, half-naked, upon the stump. Nadia and Lucinda appear. A basket is in Nadia's hand. It's strange what comes to your mind when you're about to die. How everything starts becoming clearer. May I help you? Yes, ma'am, you can. Your thoughts don't go to the pain you feel as the mob beats you nearly to death. You don't concentrate on the noose wrapping around your neck or the angry cries for blood heard surrounding you. Well, what can I do for you? You know who I am, don't you? Yes, I know. I thought back to that hot August morning as a child when that old woman held my small hand and showed me that man dangling from the tree. And she told me, don't you ever forget what love will bring you. Christopher begins wrapping and tangling the ropes around himself. It was at that moment it all made sense to me. You're beautiful. Hmm. I see why Christopher loves you. May I talk to you? Love is like an old tree, twisted and tangled upon itself from time. Can I be honest with you, ma'am? Yes, please do. Roots buried deep into the depth of the earth. I envy you. No, not envy. I hate you. Choking on its own angry weeds, unable to grow straight and produce fruit out of fear of its own damn self. I had a good life, a happy life. It may not have been a great life, but it was good. The leaves that once produced shade are no longer refreshing to savor. It's now a cold, lonely shadow you got to live every waking, torturous moment underneath. Now, lately, I've tried as, as I made this walk over here, tried to understand what went wrong. And you find yourself out of disgust and shame wanting to wrap these wicked vines around your own neck. Why my husband would feel a need to lay down with you. And I don't see it. 
because you know you need to hang for the crime you committed of breaking the heart of the woman that you love. I'm trying to understand what he sees in you. Why he would do something like this. What he sees in you that he doesn't in me. I don't see it. And worse yet, he reaches out towards Nadia. What have you got in that basket? Nadia opens the basket and pulls out a hatchet. I want you to show me what he sees inside of you. You face a fate far worse than death. Can you show me? An empty soul. Lights out on Lucinda and Nadia, leaving him alone in darkness. Christopher stands wrapped in his ropes. A twisted tree tangled and choking and choking upon its own vine. Blackout. This has been a presentation of Ashland New Plays Festival. This play is the property of the playwright, who reserves all rights to its use. This recording is the property of Ashland New Plays Festival, which reserves all rights to its use. Our podcast is produced by Andy Neal and Cara Quinn-Lewis, with written content edited by Carol Florian. To learn more about AMPF and how you can support new plays, visit us at ashlandnewplays.org on the web or at Ashland New Plays on social media. If you like what you heard, Leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.